Hello legends, welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today I catch up with Cub member Shane Duffy, the CEO of Employment Innovations, Australia's largest HR and payroll company. The founders of Employment Innovations are also the people behind Employment Hero, which has recently been valued at $800 million. Shane, is truly an expert on everything HR and shared with me the current and future HR trends, keys to achieving a high staff retention rate, and how to scale a traditional business using technology. I learned a lot from this episode. Enjoy the show. far is your place from Barry in the South Coast? So I live in a place called Helensburg. It's where I grew up and mm-hmm. moved back there when I got a bit older. Um, Barry would be about an hour's drive south from Helensburg. Oh, well, just because you should go visit the Cub Country House in Barry. Oh, lovely. <laughs> no, I just read in your prep sheet that you're from down south. I thought, were you born there or? I was born or I was born, grew up in Helensburg. Yeah. Um, is that like Wollongong? It's the most northern suburb of Wollongong, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Wollongong's had a, f- a huge kind of uh, like surge in the pa- in the past few years, hasn't it? Maybe not COVID years, but as far as population, business, yeah, and, and the properties, businesses, yeah, yeah, it has. I think um, across property, property across the board, just on that one hour outskirts of Sydney, has been mm. seen a bit of a boom. So, yeah, it has done quite well. And uh, so, someone actually said to I remember, I'm trying to remember who. Oh, Nick Calavell. Oh God, I can't say his name. It's Greek Calavellakis or something. Yeah, he's a, he's been a member for so long. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I can't say your name, but but um, he's such a legend. Uh, he, he's from down that way, and he's been telling us we need to get a cub uh, in Wollongong. Like oh, we need to that get sounds uh, right. South know, Coast cub, yeah. yeah, yeah, South Coast cub. It would be awesome. I, I think it's the I think it's the a, a great regional market there. Parama- Parramatta probably first, but then go down there and be a nice trip to to the Berry House. You should go visit the Berry House. Lovely. Anyway. All right, I'm in more details, mate. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, good, good to have you on the podcast today. You're by far our tallest guest that we've had on this podcast. Um, in fact, <laughs> we probably need taller microphone stands for anyone that can that can see Shane right now. But uh, man, you've got quite an interesting story um, because you're currently the CEO of, I guess, uh, one of the most innovative. Would you say it's one of the most innovative employment um, or HR companies in the country? Yeah, I'd hope that we can um, use that tag. I mean, we, we our business name is Employment Innovations, and I think you know, <laughs> we like to think we're innovating in the employment space. So, um, yeah, we're true to our word. Yeah, you're right. And, and, but, but you do have some big uh, innovations inc- that have come from the company, including uh, Simployable. Um, and I think one that's – we're actually signed up to them this – after I spoke to you um, the other day – we signed up or we started signing up yesterday to uh, Employment Hero. Yeah, great product. So uh, it was born out of Employment Innovations seven, eight years ago. Um, great story. Uh, so Employment Innovations, we've, we've been around for well, the 30th year next year. So it's a, a bit of a milestone for us. Uh, in its more modern form, we've been operating as a HR and payroll services business. Um, and yeah, about seven years ago, uh, seven, eight years ago, uh, Ben Thompson, who's the, the, the founding um, founder of, of the business, um, or him and his father, uh, decided to dabble into technology. And that was where Employment Hero was born out of EI. We were sort of partnering with software companies but weren't really happy with their, their feature set. So we, Ben just said, look, why, why don't we build our own? Um, seemed like a crazy idea at the time, but um, 
Um, obviously, since then, it's, it's evolved. We put all of our content into the platform and um, it had subsequently has um, left the group or Implement Innovations group and got its own investors and has grown to be uh, probably the, the, the fastest growing HR software platform in Australia. And um, it's become a bit of a mecca. It's, it's current valuations, uh, I can't remember if I read it, 800 million or something. Yeah, ridiculous. on the last round they, they, they got up to that figure. So um, and, That's and pretty serious. That, that's, yeah. that, that, that's close to – it's getting to become a unicorn, another Australian yeah, far unicorn. away. And I think they're, obviously they've got global ambitions now, so that, that's certainly that, – that sort of number that helps. far away, yeah. yeah. No, that's a crazy story because it, did you – so was the thinking behind it Okay, employment innovations we're doing. And I, I do want to ask you what, more about HR and payroll services, what that actually means as a whole. But because um, it kind of sounds <laughs> – whenever I hear HR and payroll services, I'm like, mm, what does that mean? It's kind of like – sounds kind of boring, but it's not. It's super, <laughs> it's super important. It can be to many people. That's right. But now, it is important I don't think it is. It's just yeah. – it's, it's not a sexy word, you know. But uh, so I want to find out more about it. But really what you've done is, um, is something that really – most businesses can do these days, or most industries, you might say, which is take what you're currently doing and make it scalable through technology. And is that what Employment uh, Hero has done? Or is that what I guess Employment Innovations did with Employment Hero? Yeah, look, our purpose has always been to make employment easier. So that's all, it's always been what gets us up out of bed every day to make employment easier. Because we know many people get into business, uh, they get into it because they love what they do. They don't necessarily get into it because they love employing people. That's the hard part, and it's the hardest. Part. Yeah, and we and we know it's hard. There's, they don't make it easy for for employers. So we we get out. We try and make things easier for employers. And, and ultimately, technology is a much more convenient way to get that out to the masses. And that was really the ideas behind. Well, we we could provide services and provide templates and documents to to businesses, but eventually you've got to find ways to make that more accessible, and that's through technology. And so for Cub, for example, because we need to we we need these services. Um, would we be going to Employment Hero or would Employment Innovations be the better option? So, like, what makes one better than the other? Yeah, so Employment Innovations, we, we, we are a services and software company. So we, on the HR side, obviously we've, we've uh, backed in with Employment Hero. We deliver HR services around Employment Hero. On the payroll side, we have partnered with KeyPay, which we're, we're quite lucky we've partnered with you know, two of the best software partners in Australia. KeyPay is our payroll software partner. Great product as well, and we deliver payroll services around that piece of technology. So, where where EI is positioned is, um, if business is looking for that software and services mix, mm -hmm. then that's where we played a really uh, a, a big role in growing our business. And it's been the fact that we've partnered with these software businesses has been a major reason why we've had been successful over the last five years. And are these exclusive HR partnerships with these businesses? No, no, we we, we would be one of many uh, partners of the, those two software providers. Um, I'd like to say though that we, we in the Australian market we would definitely be the biggest HR and payroll services provider. Uh, there certainly are bigger HR companies. There are possibly bigger payroll companies, but doing both together, particularly to that SME market, we would be the biggest. In that's Australia. your niche. That's, that's our niche. That's, yeah. that's where you. Yeah, that's where. That's be. where you live and dominate. Yeah. Do a couple of slam dunks. Um, although you did say you're not a basketballer, you're a, <laughs> you're a soccer goalie, so maybe block a few goals, but. Um, um, okay, and so employment hero is more okay. I don't need the um, the services. The, yeah, I don't need those services. I can run it all through. Um, I can run it all through the online platform. And and how does it work? So employment hero, uh, no, it, it automates end to end your your employee lifecycle. So onboarding, all the way through to you know, um, managing leave requests, managing performance, 
You can do engagement surveys through the platform. Firing? Uh, you, you still need a bit of human intervention, but certainly can tidy up the ends of, of a termination process. Um, so it, it's got all the, all that features all the way through and it's often integrated with many payroll solutions like KeyPay as well. So um, it, it's often, it's, it just removes the paperwork and removes using spreadsheets, removes using paperwork. You can automate it all through and, and save time and, yeah, well, and make sure you're doing things properly. And it kind of removes the guesswork of like employing someone. Like it's really step-by-step. Step. This is the law. This is what you have to do. These are the templates. Yeah, this is what you all the deliver. templates are in there. So well, you know, it'll auto-populate those key templates that for, for policies and contracts and just makes that a lot easier for, the, for these businesses out there that sort of don't know where to go to when they're looking for these things to start employing people or doing things properly. Or even businesses like Cub that, you know, you you um, are not a small business anymore but you're not a corporate and you're kind of like, oh, well, we need to make sure that our policies and, you know, legalities around employment are all in place. And, yeah, exactly, and that, yeah. That's a, that, that it would be a great option for that. Yeah, exactly. And, look, and ultimately HR and, and the HR feature set within the product is probably just where it's getting started. They've got big ambitions to go even further than that and I think um, from what I'm hearing – because there are so many businesses and so many employees on the platform now, uh, leveraging that economies of scale to get benefits to employees that they would not have otherwise got unless they're working for a bigger company. So they're trying to look at all these different things around financial services. Uh, so it's really only getting started with what could be more features that'll add more value to, um, to, to, the, to the people on the platform. What an incredible story. And, and so how would you describe, back to my question at the start, how would you describe HR and payroll services? What, what's the, what are the details of that? Yeah, look. Ultimately, you know, as I said, you're in business, and you know, for the for the many parts, you'll just get by doing your own HR and payroll for a number of years as you're growing, and and you'll you'll do an okay job of it. You'll just hack away, and 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 for many people in the business, they might wear a few different hats. One of them managers might have a bit of HR responsibility. You get to a certain size, and um, you start feeling some pain, and and you start seeing you know, not not having a mature HR function you might be losing people or, or not being on top of compliance and there becomes a point in time where you go look what do we do we need to do something about this we can't keep juggling all these responsibilities and maybe we need to hire HR or maybe we need to look at something else so I think what happens there is that um, a business might make a decision to hire their first HR person and with a limited budget they might not be able to get a I guess a, a, an experienced HR practitioner in the business so they sort of end up with an immature HR function that was probably costing uh, still a significant amount of money. Um, where we like to play is to think that uh, we, we call this solution a lean HR solution where you can get access to a full featured HR safety, legal, lawyers and the like for a fraction of the cost of a HR manager in your business but you've got a whole wealth of experience behind that person at a fraction of the cost. That's and, the concept. Yeah, and ultimately still allowing your line managers, giving them the uh, um, responsibility of being – have HR responsibility, but they've got an expert behind them. To They're still managing better. the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving them the tools and the expertise to do it well. I think the thing with HR as well, it's – I guess it, it, it's it's about as a business owner, it's – you have that realisation, that realising moment, that key moment where you realise shit – we, there's a reason these big corporates have all these um, systems in place because, and normally it's sad to say, but normally it's when there's a bad lever within the company. You know, there's a, there's a staff member that does something wrong or, and, you know, and or you need to remove them. And if you haven't run correct processes through, that makes it a lot more difficult. And that's when you realize shit, you know, there needs to be. We need to make sure it doesn't matter who they are, who what it is. When someone comes into this company, 
we need everything laid out perfectly. Yeah. We need to corporatize that part of the business. Well, look, I, mean, I think the thing is that when you've got a C player or a squeaky wheel in the business, it's it's um, it has a drag on everyone else. And and when you're a small business, that squeaky wheel can be louder than in a bigger oh, yeah. business because the effect that that poor performer has on others. If you don't do anything about it, it might cause other people to leave. The good, the good A players might leave because you're persisting with the C Or work player. less. Exactly. So um, so I think you've got to be able to – and I think managers need a good coach behind them to help them with those difficult conversations and the things that come about with it. So that's really where I think HR comes comes out strong. I think HR is not really about you know, birthday cakes and all the other things like that. It's, it's about being that really strong business partner to the managers, making their life easier to make better decisions, give them the tools to, to improve performance in their team. That's where you can add value as a HR yeah. partner, yeah. 100%. It, it, it's amazing what you said. It's, it is amazing in that small to medium-sized space the neg- the impact that one individual can have on on the greater team. Yeah. Like I can – just thinking back through Cub even myself, I'm sure you've had some experiences. Whenever there's been a time when I've noticed that mm, someone needs to go, like this, this they don't fit the team and you do that, the team the next month it ends up it's a it's it's like there's a new lease on life. Yeah. It's like everybody's just happier. Everyone's producing more. It's it, I can't. It's probably happened to me around three times, and every time I've just thought, wow, like the impact of ha- like just the impact one person can have on the greater community or the, yep. the greater team is astronomical. Is that something you've kind of experienced in the past? Yeah, definitely. I think, and I think the that's also an issue that exists is that sometimes we can be a little bit too conservative with persisting with poor performers, all these people that have, have a negative influence on the business. I think you've got to be a bit more pragmatic than that. And I think we try and be really pragmatic and commercial with our advice and say, look, well, yes, fair work says you might need to do step one, step two, step three. But sometimes you've got to go straight to step three and deal with these issues because going through a process like that, um, it might end up costing more around the collateral damage than actually just getting to the point and dealing with it faster um, make commercial decisions, make them very pragmatically because um, no, that they are they can be costly situations culturally if you don't do it deal with it properly. Yeah, that's an extremely good point. Sometimes it is best to just cut the cut, cut to, to the, the chase, chase, go go yeah. straight to the end. Yeah. And so you guys work with people on that. They can ask you guys for yeah, exactly. Advice we're, we're on one that. of our core, our sort of entry level um, HR offerings is just access to unlimited advice um, through our, our business. So, and we back up that advice with. We're also a law firm, EI Legal. Oh, so, you are also Yeah, we've a got law a law firm, firm in, our, in our group as well. So if it did end up being a claim, our law firm would, would represent our businesses um, for free. Yeah, you know what we're going to do? We've got it. We, we, we're going to put we, – we'll do a highlight for you on the – on you know, do you read my Monday emails by any chance? I do, mate, yeah. Okay, do. good. Yeah. I was going to say because yeah. otherwise I'm not doing a highlight. But now we're going to do a highlight uh, uh, with you and, and the services to the entire community oh, because yeah. I know – I've been speaking – I mean, it's not so much for you. It's for, it's for everyone else. No, I'm joking. But uh, no, it is for everyone because uh, I can't tell you this time of COVID and and all this movement of things, people are, are reaching out constantly or even just by just, you know, talking to people at the club hours or at events and things like that. People are having staff issues at the moment. They're, you know, and COVID has shown a lot of people's true colours in terms of are they really working at home, are they doing this, you know. So there's been a lot of issues in, with staffing. Like you said, it's it's. I actually love your purpose, make, employ- make employment easier. It is the hardest thing and in times of COVID, it's been harder for everybody. I often find that in the groups I've been involved in, the, the three biggest challenges businesses face is sales and marketing, mm-hmm. cash and mm-hmm. people. They're yeah. the three big things. And then often when people are bringing their – their challenges to the group and what are they having trouble with? It's it's 
generally falls in one of those three baskets. And if, if uh, my involvement in CUB is that I might, might be able to help businesses that, have, that are having those people issues, then that's that's where I get a lot of value out of being part of CUB. Yeah, well, there'd be about 1,100 businesses. That would be that. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's truly important. But you're so funny. They're so right. Businesses always have like common – like really, like you're experiencing at Cub, like you're just mentioning, and, and you're also part of tech as well, um, which um, uh, which I think is kind of cool to note because uh, what, what does tech do for you? Like, what does tech give you, and what is why did you join Cub? Because you're already part of tech. Yeah, look, I joined tech pretty much the same time I, I was I got the gig of CEO. I thought it was uh, it was it was pretty much there was wasn't many options out there at the time for sort mm. of networks to help you in a role like that. So uh, tech's a little bit different in that um, you're with the same group of people every month and you get to know them quite well. Um, whereas CUB, I think the real benefits of CUB is that real network intelligence. You get to meet a whole wealth of different people because you're rotating around and that you're building that network intelligence a lot faster. So, you know, from experiences last year, you can always call back on someone you met or you spoke to. So it just broadens broadens that um Meeting more that, that people. Yeah, you exactly have that greater right. diversity yeah, of yeah. industries yeah. and all that type Correct. of stuff. Correct, yeah. Um, and that, that was really cool. I, I really liked it when you told me that. But businesses always have these common problems, like you said. You've noticed it. I notice it. And it's it's like you're solving one of those problems. That's what you're dedicated to. And I just think that's a genius move to do. But Cub next year is actually doing uh, – we haven't officially launched it yet and I can't officially launch it now because uh, we've got a few things that we're still t- um, uh, organising and securing. But we're going to be launching – like uh, an advisor, a business advisory and education uh, service to the platform of Cub, uh, which is going to give members world-leading, exclusive access to world-leading business knowledge and advice from what's quite possibly the most famous Ivy League American university on the planet. So we're going to be an exclusive partner. So that's Sounds all I'll exciting. say. You've always yeah. got something on the, on the, on the go. Fuck, yeah. I'll tell you what, our minds are blown every day at Cub. We don't know what's going on anymore. We're, <laughs> we're trying to do this and then we're doing this. And I think like a lot of businesses like yourselves and, and like us, and, and, I mean, I, I think yourselves, I'll, I'll ask you, but sometimes it's, you know, you've got all these ideas and you know, you know what you need to do. Like, you know what the, uh, you know, you know the opportunities and sometimes it's about calming down and just being like, okay, step one, get the app launched. Step two, launch Cub Communities. This, this is what I'm just explaining Cubs in. Step three, launch the education. Advice. You know, you've got to sometimes just slow it down and just aim all your resources at one, you know, kind of one one mission yeah, at a time. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Look, I think it's good to have innovations, ideas that, that, are, do, that are tied to your, your purpose. I think um, yeah, you're always looking for that next thing that might solve that problem, that the headaches that people have and find more convenient ways for people to do business and, and solve those problems. So it's a, it's a great habit. It's a great habit to have. I think um, yeah, we are talking before about you know, the idea I had for micro businesses in Australia and it's a really passionate of mine of it, trying to solve that challenge of the sort of one to five employee businesses in Australia that, that really – don't get the help they need to, to, to prosper and set themselves up and it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. Explain 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 what you're talking about because I, I obviously know because we're talking before the podcast but explain it to the yeah. listeners because I think it's a really interesting topic and the fact that it already happens like this in the US yeah. probably means it is going to come eventually. Well, look, we, we typically our services right now, uh, the, the businesses that benefit from it are those with say five to 200 employees. We, we can provide a valuable service to those businesses but when you've got – when you're just starting out as a, as a micro business, it's quite expensive to tap into using HR and payroll services in the way we offer it. Um, so I know what these businesses probably need um, 
we've got a, another business called Simployable where we actually employ staff on behalf of businesses, typically in hospitality, fast food, retail, restaurants and the like. And it's got a, it's got a niche there because we can provide those HR and payroll services and employ the staff much more economically than what they could themselves. Now, that same what, model is – sorry. Why why much more economically? What do you, what do you mean by that? So through a scale, um, we, we, we obviously employ uh, 3,000 workers and we can put in place the systems, the safety, the HR, the payroll and, and provide all of that um, much cheaper than what that restaurant or pub could do themselves and we take care of all the responsibility of employing the staff at the same time. So You're better at it. Yeah, it's, it's, what, it's what our business is ultimately. Um now, in, in America, we're talking about is that there's an industry called the PEO industry, which is called Professional Employer Organization, which is effectively what's employable is. It's a professional employer organization. And they have a huge market in America where if you're just starting out, you want to hire your first worker, you don't do it yourself. You go, I'm going to go and find a PEO like Trinet or Paychex, and they do it all for you. You basically go, here's my worker, do it all for me, and I'll pay you a simple fee at the end of every month and you can do it all for me and not have to worry about all the headaches that come with employing the staff member. You'll still supervise and you'll you know, approve leave, things like that, but all the other stuff is taken away from you. They put in place policies and contracts and make sure it's all done compliantly. They take care of all the back end to do with employment. Correct. Everything. So and I've never actually heard of that before, PEO, professional employment. And the reason you haven't heard of it is because there are impediments in Australia. So um, – we could provide a service like that to small business, micro businesses for maybe $75 per employee per month. Um, very affordable solution. I think a lot of businesses could benefit from it. Now, the issue in Australia is payroll tax because as a small business, uh, you will often be exempt from paying payroll tax up to a certain limit. So, um, But as a larger employer, like a PEO, you're paying payroll tax on every dollar goes through your books because you hire because you technically a employ a large amount yeah, of employees yeah so that that solution which would have otherwise been 75 dollars per employee per month on the average salary becomes closer to 400 to 500 dollars per employee per month it kills a value proposition you can't do it so if there was a way that you could in australia that, that as a small micro business you could claim your payroll tax three threshold through a third party then that would solve the problem. So and what, it would make it a lot make easier a lot easier, yeah, for small business to Correct. actually employ people. Yeah. yeah. And then really the, the easier you make it – really the easier you make it for business in my opinion is, is what we should be doing in all aspects. But the easier you make it for small businesses to succeed, the more big businesses you create, the more innovations you create, the more people get employed, the, the, the more capital comes to our country, the stronger our country gets, the more – Taxes that go to the exactly government, like right. they yeah. should be doing. I don't know why it blows my mind. I won't go on a rant, I promise. But it blows my mind how governments don't. The government doesn't want to do that for business. I, I, I just don't understand it. I, it might be because maybe it's not popular to to majority of people. Is majority of people aren't business owners or CEOs, um, but it is for the benefit of people anyway. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a win 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 all round for employees. Businesses, communities, and, and the economy. If you get it right, it's a it's a win all around. I think um, so. It's a bit frustrating. I've I've tried to sort of make this argument for a number of years now, and you don't really get anywhere. You've got obviously state governments need their revenues. They've got their own objectives. You've got federal governments which got their objectives, and no one's really on the same page when it comes to these sort of issues. Unfortunately, because they've got their own responsibilities. Um, so it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of it for you. I actually told the team I'm going to be a prime minister at the age of 45. Or, or before, and when I get there, I'm going to sort it out for you. I've never had political goals in my life. I don't I don't even like politics. But just hearing the struggles of businesses daily to do with like 
the legislations and laws yeah. and it just like I love businesses so much that I would go into politics just to fuck shit up there and and make it better for businesses and just to do things like that just because I know it would just be a better country. Yeah, it'd make a big difference. Look at now that's what we need. We need we people who are prepared, prepared well, to take it? things on for the long term. And that, that's some some reforms tough, but you know, no one's making these long term decisions like this. Um, mm. uh, maybe one day we we can hold it and hope. Hey, and t- I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. But t- tell me, <laughs> DH Prime Minister, um, tell me, you mentioned that uh, you got the gig as CEO at Employee Innovation. Obviously, Ben Thompson, uh, I believe the company was founded uh, by his father, and he he took over and then really brought a lot of innovations and. Uh, of course, as uh, new innovate, innovative companies like Employment Hero, which uh, I believe he's the CEO of, um, have come through, uh, you really took over uh, the management, the CEO role of Employment Innovation. What was your, what was the, you know, what was your journey to CEO? Where, where were you before it? What, did you, were, were they your aspirations, or how did you kind of come across that? Yeah, look, I had no no aspirations to be sitting in the seat I am now. I think I, I was a HR practitioner before EI. I was um, in industrial relations at an IR advocate in the farming sector, so I was working for employer associations in the farming sector. So I did five six years there. Got I moved into a HR role. Um, at EI, and look, at the time, it was a bit of a sliding doors moment, you know, because um, I remember at the time I had two job offers. One was HR role with EI. The other one was a HR role up at um, uh, Mount Arthur Cole in the Hunter Valley. Two very different sort of uh, roles. And EI at the time was a very, very small business. We had less than 10 employees. So I sort of really took took the plunge and went with I went with the option with Ben and and AI, um, I think at time turns out to be a really great decision. Obviously, what, what <laughs> we've done as, as a business over those you know, 10 plus years has been amazing to be a part of all the innovations and the ideas and, and to grow with it. And where is the business now? Because I, I, it's in, I mean, it's national, it's Adelaide, Perth, it's everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're spread nationally, um, 110 employees, um, in addition to obviously this employable workforce, which is about two and a half, three thousand workers. Um, There's a lot of stuff happening yeah, since you've been lot, seeing lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> so we're um, and we look New Zealand's on the radar for us in 2022. So we really think it's a good opportunity over there. There's a few legislative changes coming over there, which is going to uh, increase the need for HR support and payroll services. So we think New Zealand's going to be a, a good opportunity for us to tap into next year. It's just a really interesting concept that I'm seeing happen more and more, which is the founder uh, of uh, I guess you'd call it a more traditional company realizes the ability to scale and serve more people through technology and therefore a new CEO must come in to run the traditional company while the founder chases their uh, ambitions in technology. Yeah. It happens all the time now because because it, it, it's, it's the part it's often the, uh, a new and very fast path forwards uh, with founders. It's happening at Cub. Uh, with, with the launch of the, which the Cub app has launched, and we've got something exciting we're announcing uh, at the app launch on Thursday, which I don't know if you're coming because it's probably pretty far. You should. I will come, be in right? the city, so oh, good. You've got to come. Yeah. No, you've got to come. Oh, RSVP. Um, but uh, so we're making an exciting announcement too. But uh, something of that similar nature. And believe me, I talk to members, and that's happening all the time. But I'd love to hear the perspective of uh, of you. The, you know, you like you said, you didn't have, uh, you weren't thinking, oh, I'm going to come in and be CEO. What was that transition like for you? And what is it like, uh, you know, it's continually, it also, I'm sure you're still working with Ben um, as he's uh, uh, running Employment Hero. W- what is this experience like? 
Well, look, going back to when I first started the role, I think um, yeah, I wasn't really sure about it. So I, I sort of took it on an interim basis to start with for three months just to see if it was going to be something that I was you know, up for and whether I was right for, sort of fit for the role. We we um, got to sort of Christmas after that sort of three months in and we both decided, yeah, let's 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 make it permanent. So there was a lot to learn. I think um, obviously I think areas like finance and marketing, it took me a good sort of six months to really get my head around those, those functions um, and you know, learning all the time. So I think um, – yeah, that, that was you know, coming from a HR background into a CEO role. There's a lot of those other areas of other functions of the business side to sort of get my head around for the first time. So um, that was that. was that. I think where things have evolved to, look, you know, Ben Ben does you know, give us a lot of freedom to sort of take the business in different directions and innovate on products and the like. Um, I, have, I spent a lot of time with him, still have check-ins with him every fortnight to see how he's going, what, he, what he's going through and, and tap in with what, what our challenges are and like and um that's been really helpful um as has been the networks of carbon and tech just to you know, to get some different perspectives as well we've we've been really lucky that employment hero has been successful because their success does uh, flow through to ei as well in that um, if a business is taking on software when they do need services we're a preferred supplier of those services so the growth of the employment hero market has certainly helped us as well and when you had that conversation with ben like, oh, hey, did he offer you CEO? Is like, hey, you should be, you know, I want you to be CEO. And you were like, mm, I'm not sure, man. Yeah, it was, it was a bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, um, I mean, I was, I was enjoying more. I was in a sort of, I was head of the HR product team. I was in really enjoying that. And um, we're only just sort of getting started with some new products. And um, I was sort of, that, that's, that's honestly, I was really, you know, loving that, that sort of role. And um, so it was kind of, yeah, just an informal handshake just to, to see it through to the end of the year and then we'll, we'll, we'll assess from there. So It's a really um, interesting conversation because I reckon if I said that to the Cub team, I was like, all right, guys, someone needs to take over to be CEO. You just see everyone go, shotgun, <laughs> it's, it's mine. But but um, it, 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 I can't imagine being a founder and being like, you know, offering someone a role as CEO and and the person being, hmm. I like what I'm doing now, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I think it would probably have, it could have even have made Ben think even more like, okay, well, you know, he's an honest person. Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't want to, I didn't want to um, jump in and then have to jump out later. I wanted to make sure it was right for him and for me and, and the like. So look, it was, it was, I mean, we've, we've got a great working relationship. So we sort of understood each other quite well. And it was, it was only a few months that it took us to realize that we could make this work. So um, yeah. And, and tell me, as the CEO of a HR company, what is your view on uh, on employee on, on HR? Yeah, how do you run? What's your philosophy on leadership towards your employees and management? Yeah, look, well, the fact that I've got a HR background probably helped me a lot in in those first couple of years. Um, it wasn't it wasn't always smooth sailing for us as a business when I. In that first twelve months, when I was CEO, we had a lot of challenges. We um, our business was you know, eighty to ninety percent um, employable, which is the, the labour hire sort of um, staffing solution. And um, we had a lot of uh, we lost a couple of significant contracts in that first twelve months, and that was putting a lot of pressure on on the business financially. And at the same time, we we're having staff turnover issues. There was a lot of, bit of conflict going on, and. I think that my HR background probably was what helped out a lot. I, I sort of went back to what I knew really well, which was just get those foundations right and invest in the employee experience and spend the time to make sure we're recruiting correctly and, and uh, dealing with those, those sort of um, employee frustrations. And 
once we sent, once we settled down the the employee turnover and got everything back into into a stable place and giving people a bit more ownership of their own portfolios and, and structure and and the like, it then flowed through and 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 they started looking after customers better. So, I've always been a strong believer in the fact that you need a good employee experience first to deliver a good customer experience. And, and I, I think so much so that right now we've got a combined we've got an employee experience and customer experience combined function at EI because I think there's a lot of similarities between the two. I completely agree. And in fact, my philosophy has always been to put the team before the clients, not because you don't love your clients. It's because you love your clients so much or you love, I mean, I do anyway. My passion about Cub is serving business owners. But because I want to serve our members so the best we possibly can, I I put the team first and want the team to to love doing that for the members as well. So, you know, they, they yeah. love what they're doing. And I think that's crucial. I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, you got you got to understand what makes them tick and and look at that employee experience and make those little improvements in it so that people are coming and giving their best at work and ultimately that flows through to to the customer experience. I think um, that's it's 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 exactly what what works. But so what 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 model have you guys adopted then? How are you managing the staff? Are you allowing more freedoms working from home? Are you you know what, what do you think you do that makes them love it? Yeah, well, we're we're lucky in a way that we are. We, primarily service our clients remotely anyway because of the way we are, we do business. So the, what, moving into this uh, new way of working over the last couple of years, we were able to transition quite easily to that sort of model where we could work from anywhere. Um, so it was kind of about two months into to the, the first lockdown that we realised that there were a number of benefits in working the way we were through remote working. Yes, there were challenges, um, but we didn't think those challenges were insurmountable. We thought there were solutions to all the the, the the, the issues that were, were coming up, um, but we decided to to adopt, I guess, what we call uh, remote first principles. So, um, uh, to make that work well, you've got to implement some key principles so that you are not losing connection with the things that really matter when you when you're working from home. Everyone dials into meetings, so no matter where you are, it's it's equal, it's equal footing. And and ultimately, we've we've had staff outside of Sydney working for us for a number of years and they've never felt more connected with the business in the last two years because of our remote first principles now. Um, it's not about Sydney and the rest. It's everyone is, is sort of feeling more inclusive. So, and in, in the last 12, 12 to 18 months, we've been recruiting people all over Australia. Um, it's amazing to see when, when I've got my first meeting with a new starter, where they live, they're all, all, all down the eastern seaboard, west coast, um, uh, sunshine coast. It's amazing. So I think there's a lot of key benefits to, to the way we work like that. Yeah, we, we noticed, we noticed um, uh, that same thing. Our Melbourne and Sydney teams became much closer in COVID because all the meetings were digitally and we started doing them more regularly as well because everyone was separate, mm. separated, that the team became far more one team as opposed yeah. to two, which is how it was operating before COVID uh, happened. I also really like that you said, uh, yeah, there are challenges to doing the remote thing, but we believe that there were solutions to, to all of those challenges. And I believe there's solutions to everything, to all challenges, and that it's about choosing the strategy that suits your business model or culture or you know, purpose best. And, you know, you're an HR business, you, you want, uh, you know, you want the best kind of the experience for employee experience for your for your employees they didn't need to be together all the time and therefore you were able to solve those problems to give them the best possible um and um, work from home experience whereas like for cub we're in the business of community 
It's yeah. about being together all the time. I hate it when people work from home. I'm like, you're not allowed to work from home. We, we're, I'm about to ban it because I hate it. I think you want to you want to be part of the, the community of the team. You come in with the team. But it's not to say that Cubs uh, uh, wrong or right or, or, or the, the remote is wrong or right. It's it's understanding your business, the concept, the purpose, and then solving the issue, you know, solving the challenges that happen. Because, for example, we have tons of challenges that – working from the office uh, presents for us. We're a community, like I said, there's members coming in all the time. Therefore, it's very distracting for, for staff to focus and to not be interrupted and to, you know, so we've actually got challenges from working from the clubhouses, yeah. from from things. But, but you know, we, you have to, no matter what you choose, you, the thing is just about solving those challenges. And yeah, yeah. I think I think we've, we've I mean, there's still the option to work from the office. A lot of people don't have the right, environment to work from home permanently uh, they want the option of coming in socially as well that's, that's an important thing so we, we've got that option there I think I think what a lot of businesses might find and I'm hearing a lot of people going back to this sort of hybrid model where you can work from home some days and work from the office at around fixed sort of timetables I think they're going to find it really challenging I think I think the hybrid model where you have half half is going to be more challenging than either going fully back to the office or fully remote first I agree. because you're going to get in this sort of no man's land of where you're not really adopting these principles where it's inclusive to people, you know, no matter where they're working from, and you're going to have uh, clicks and you know, issues between whether you're in the office or not. I think they're going to find it really hard. Not not only that, I think the the sentiment from the, you know, we're talking about uh, next year. There's a the whole great resignation that's been forecast where people are going to be moving around between jobs more than ever, and the fact that employees are looking for that flexibility now, and if you're not offering enough um, are you going to be able to retain and attract those those people you need through through next year and beyond so I think that the I can see a lot of issues with the ones adopting a hybrid not just around the, the attraction and retain, retention piece but also in their, their day-to-day practices I agree because you see that same principle with like marketing or politics you know you're left or right you're never in the middle you know <laughs> like you might be actually in the middle but the way the what you know or marketing you you need that definitive point of difference that that's the thing you focus on you know that you it, it's extremes is what helps people yeah. kind of understand the concepts and to, to conform the best and and it, it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying but but tell me about this great resignation you're mentioning because i haven't heard this oh look there's been a lot of talk about it. i think there um look there's a number of surveys that have been done around uh, staff uh, sentiment satisfaction what they're looking to do next year and and Overwhelming numbers. I think it was something around. It was more than two thirds, maybe three quarters of response said they are looking for a new job in the in the next twelve months. I think it's the highest it's ever been for a number of years. So I think you've got that coupled with the fact that um, now there's potentially some uh, inflationary wage pressures coming into next year. Um, and I think there's a, a bit of a growing growing movement that there could be a, a um, retention of staff could be a key challenge for many businesses in the next twelve months. I believe. And so, how do you think that businesses should be uh, combating that challenge? Yeah, and it's not it's not just about having the right financial rewards. I think this is a thing. People uh, are leaving jobs. Yes, money's important. Um, it's one of the most important ones. But certainly, um, you know, the manager, the role of the manager, and that people leave jobs because of their manager. So you've got to make sure you've got good managers with the right um, tools and and um, coaching around them, so they can be better managers. People uh, will leave because of a poor manager. So you can't persist with having poor managers in your business. It will make people leave. And there's a lot of other things as well you could be doing around just measuring engagement at a very informal level and dealing and, and obviously picking up on those um, 
frustrations that employees have and try and make little quick quick wins along the way. Employment Hero, going back to that, it has a little employee happiness survey built into it. Simple zero to 10 scale, how happy you're at work, a little bit of feedback you can get through there through workers. Those little things make a big difference because you're just picking up on things before they become a bigger problem. Yeah, it's kind of like how you do feedback for your clients. You should technically be doing feedback for your team. Yeah, that's what I said. There's a lot of similarities between employee and customer experience in that regard. Collect feedback, make improvements. One influences the other. There's a lot of similarities between the two. And really basically what you described was uh, yeah, how happy are you at work out of 10? How could, what are the issues you're having or how could we make yeah. this higher? And yeah. just get that and bang. Yeah, and I think look, the, other, the other part of it as well is having really good one-on-one communication with your your your, your reports. I think um, having that meaningful conversation about even genuine career conversations about where they what they're looking for next. I mean if you they, that what they're looking for may not exist in your business, but at least you're prepared for it if you know what they want. And I think um, that's a really important thing. If you're prepared for turnover, it makes it a whole lot easier when you get left you know, at, at at the last minute knowing you've got to fill that role. Yeah, we do one on one we do like we call them one on one meetings every month. So everyone will have a one on one meeting every month. Just to talk about life, talk yeah. about work, just see how they, you know, how they're going, get feedback, talk about their futures and the plans, and and uh, and we actually create a report called the team team pulse. Yep. And every quarter, we can, you know, read how people's quarter went, and, and it, it's, it, as a manager, you, it helps you remember what you said to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, you might think it's very time-consuming to do that, but if you once you get into the practice of doing it, it actually does reduce time because if there's a scheduled time in your in your calendar where you've got that time with your manager. You're not, they're not coming to you constantly through the through the period in between with these little things. They're actually building it up and it's more of a coaching environment. So I think it, people think it's a time-consuming process, but if you do it well, you can actually save a lot of time in the, in the long run. And it also gives you the ability to bring up the tough conversation or the things like, you, you know, sometimes you see someone like, oh, they they have been leaving work early to go to the gym or their friend got sick so they took the day off for some reason. You know, you, you have these weird um, things that you're like, mm. I don't really like that. It gives you the opportunity, the set time to actually bring it up with them. And be like, "Hey, well, what's going on there?" Like, yeah. you know, that's not setting a great example for others, or, or whatever it may be. And I think that's also useful. Yeah, you want to find out what's going on in their world too. I mean, a lot of things outside of work are influencing work, so that that's a good forum to sort of get a get a good feel for what's going on in their in their life. And and um, yeah, they're all important discussions to have. Yeah. And so, what would you say is an uh, help you mentioning staff turnover it could be increasing for businesses next year which is what it sounds like which i think is a horrible thing to happen for employees you want to be with your business you want to stay with them the more you chop and change the less important you are to the new business because you know, if you're new you're new you have less responsibility less reliability less ties to the business and you can be cut very quickly you stay you become more and more important the longer and longer you're there i, I really think that we should get back to the generation where people would stay with businesses so long as the business is doing the right thing by the person and fits in with their life goals. I reckon employees should be staying with businesses. But Well, it's, it's true. I think um, what, what we find is the old traditional vertical progression for a company is kind of not as, as prevalent as it probably used to be. I think now what you can do for your workers to, to sort of make sure they are feeling that they are growing in the business is – it's kind of like jungle gym. You get them working on multiple projects, working across the business, and that in itself can be something they can put on their CV about being involved in different projects across the business. And that's that's just as important as vertical progression. If they can put something down they worked on a cross-functional project or something like that, that's just as, as valuable as vertical progression. That's a really good idea. I've never thought of that. And and sorry, to, to my point, 
what would you say is a healthy staff turnover on an annual basis? Because you do want some turnover. There's always, you know, you've got to, you've got to have one person uh, that, uh, you know, that person's not performing like everyone else is. See you later. There's got to be that. Uh, oh, some turnover can be good turnover. I mean, some turnover, you, you're forcing some turnover. Yeah. So it's obviously good when yeah. you're trying to force I would something. argue all turnover <laughs> in that case is good turnover. Um, but, yeah, look, ultimately, uh, look, there's no – I think any – I think the key is when you when we sit down with a business and understand some of those metrics they may not have tracked before and you look at it for the first time, you try and understand the, the meaning behind the numbers and you try and make improvements on it. I think um, all you can be doing is trying to improve on what you've done before and, and, and making yourself better to, to, to improve those numbers. If they're going from a 50% turnover to a 30% turnover, that's a fantastic result. Um, so I think it's the meaning behind the numbers that really matters. And a healthy business, you say, would have a – only a twenty percent turnover annually, or uh, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say there is a, a number that is healthy. I mean, it really depends on the size of the business. I mean, you, you might be a startup with five employees. You, you wouldn't don't want any turnover. You, there's five employees, a real key part of your business. So <laughs> I, I don't know whether you could even argue that that a twenty five percent turnover there or twenty percent turnover would be a good or a bad result. So I don't think there's a straightforward answer to that yeah. question. I think no. that there you can certainly benchmark based on your size, your industry, to get an idea what is typical. Uh, that that's possible. Um, but it's, it's not a straightforward answer to say it's good or bad. Yeah, no, I, I agree and I, I like what you said. Just look at yourself uh, maybe over the past year to three years, figure out what's going on and try to improve year yeah. on year perhaps. What employees know. value, I mean, they, they do value the some of that more recently, some of that corporate social responsibility stuff. They, they do like businesses with purpose. Yeah. yeah. People like, particularly the young generation, like to stay with businesses with purpose that back up their purpose. Yeah. That's a huge role. We actually did a big brand strategy. Uh, we had a consultant come in and, and look at how business is changing at the moment, how it's changed. And one of the key things is yeah, corporate social responsibility. Yeah. Businesses want a purpose. People that work for businesses want a purpose. They want to know the business is doing good. And I am in full agreement with that because I think business, it's there to impact the world in a positive way. And um, whether it be through co- corporate social responsibilities or in new innovations to the public or employing people. Yeah. But um, do you have that tied in to your to, to uh, employment innovation, or how, how yeah. does how does someone set up a corporate social responsibility plan? I think that, uh, when you're looking for the, the ideal cause to support, you, you ideally want to find something that's closely aligned to your purpose. So we mentioned before our purpose is making employment easier. So we've extended that to uh, partnering with two organisations. One of those is a small little uh, uh, charity um, in the Sutherland Shire called the Sweetest Gift. And they are all about providing employment opportunities for those that are um, uh, immunised compromised. So they've had transplants, um, um, so, uh, immune deficiencies basically. So they, they provide employment um, opportunities for those. So we support them because that's about making employment easier for those people who might struggle to, to work in other environments where they, you know, they've got to have the right environment. So we're, we're a big um, supporter of that cause. Um, and how do you support it? So how does that work? So uh, because they are in, in the business of making uh, sweets, so we, we provide them as um, as gifts to for employees on their birthdays, new starters. We also give them to clients you know, for, for Christmas gifts. So we, and we also provide some, some some support there as well. And and they're looking to set up their first restaurant um, in the Sutherland Shire and we'll be right behind them giving them all the services they need to get that going. So that's one of the causes that's that we're supporting that's really tightly aligned with our purpose and the other one is uh, the Black Dog Institute. Um, so uh, in the workplace uh, we can have a huge impact on people's mental um, health and we, we were we were first um, 
exposed to their programs through having them come out and speak to our staff um, 18 months ago, I think, and really talk about mental health first aid and things like that. And we really thought that that program, we wanted to get out to more businesses because we believe that it's um, it's you know, it's not just the what you can do for the, the, your workers, but that's a multiplier effect. They take that home to their families, their friends, and, and those, those skills are really important. So we also support the Black Dog Institute in making sure those programs can get to as many businesses as possible uh, because we think that, that well, having them out there, you're making employment easier for those people that have uh, mental health challenges and, and uh, it's been uh, quite profound looking at the numbers and statistics in that space. But isn't it incredible the important – just, I, again, talking about things businesses do good to society, isn't it incredible the effect a business can have on the mental health of team members, staff and team members within that business? Like if it is a toxic environment where they're abused and, they, you know, they're unappreciated – yeah, they they go home and they 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 probably do the same thing, or they you know they they're just feeling unhappy. But if someone feels value, even if someone's home life is shit, which is often the case, right? Someone has a crappy home life, they're unhappy with whatever, but they go to work and they're at work most of the day anyway. They go to work and they're valued and they're contributing and you know, they've got community and support and, and, and they're progressing in life. That, that can save someone. That can, that can stop someone from complete meltdown. Yeah, that, that's, why, look, that's why we believe employment is important and we want to make it easy because it's, it's, it is, it's you know, creating those employment opportunities and creating more of them, we believe it, you know, it, it does have that flow and effect to improve all those facets in people's lives because it's, you know, it's, um, it's important to a lot of people. It makes them feel valued and, and the like. So, yeah, that, that simple cause of trying to create more employment opportunities has that effect as well, as you say. God, I love business. That's awesome. And you, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so good talking to you about all of this. And we've never actually spoken to someone about the, the, in detail about all this stuff on the podcast. So I, I have no doubt our listeners are going to be thrilled with the uh, information and knowledge that you've shared and your story and the story of employment innovation and employment hero and and um oh, oh, it's going to come to me it's employable yeah there's a lot. Oh, i was close there but um we need to open some of those doors up so we can uh, influence the powers that be that those ideas will, will work in australia but yeah i'm telling you i'm already practicing my prime ministerial <laughs> things so it's going to happen it's going to ha- i'm going to get there it's either that or i've got a plan b which I, I would prefer i can't share that right now but it's going to do with the the new technology thing we're working on so don't wait it's happening I'm, I'm believe me i am that's on my head that's going to be before i die that i'm going to jump into the politics and i'm going to sort things out for business to make it better that will happen before before i'm uh, before i'm out skis but um Shane, thank you so much again. I've taken so much from this conversation. We're so proud to have you in in Cub and in the Cub family. Um, And thank you for today. Thank you, Daniel. All right. And to the listeners, I'm sure you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to find out more about Mr. Shane Duffy, uh, reach out to him on LinkedIn, favorite quotes, books, lessons, all these type of stuff, or even just find out more about the uh, employment innovation story, go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you will find the information there. If you want to catch up with us on social media, uh, Instagram is at Club of United Business. You can keep in the loop with the club there. Shane, thank you again. And to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show.